Welcome to our second topic for the web series we're doing called Scripture Over Social Media. Our second topic is going to be temptations common to men and women. And in our first episode today, we're going to sit down with three men from our congregation and talk through various temptations and struggles that I'm well aware many men experience. And while I do want to stress that throughout the course of these conversations, I'm not seeing any of these temptations are completely unique to men or women. Nonetheless, in my years of pastoral counseling, there's certain patterns that become very obvious and consistent between men and female stroke, male and female struggles. After some careful consideration and prayerful reflection, along with reaching out to these guys to see if they were interested in holding the discussion, I'm excited to get the conversation going. So thanks so much for tuning in and learning with us today. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us today uh, for our scripture over social media conversation that we're doing this time, this episode. It's temptations and struggles unique to men and women. And it's really, it's almost even controversial to say that in 2021, to say that men and women might even struggle with different things to even acknowledge any kind of differences. And it's interesting because I think uh, in the Bible, uh, it talks about spiritual gifting being a cross-gender uh, thing. And in other words, there's no discrimination between men and women as far as the gifts that the Spirit gives. Uh, and yet, I think some of the old traditional church might have missed out on that and uh, played kind of gender bias there. But the modern church, I think sometimes it's a little bit different. It's almost like while we acknowledge spiritual gifting for men and women, we don't recognize the differences of temptations for men and women. And yet there's some very clear things and like statistics I think you can look at. Violent crime, pornography usage, excessive drinking are just a couple examples we're going to get into today uh, as far as things that very clearly and undeniably men seem to struggle with at rates uh, even greater than women. And so that's where we're going here today. You guys are qualified to be here and help with this conversation, partially because you're men, <laughs> that helps, uh, but also uh, as guys who are actively engaged in the church. And that's really important to me because the whole concept of this uh, scripture over social media series that we're doing is we're saying a lot of Christians today are being as much shaped by the world, social media, film, movies, politics, as they are by God's word. And what we want to do as Christians is build our thinking from the foundation of scripture up. And I don't know how else to do that other than to get guys who are regularly, like daily in their Bibles to talk about some of these relevant social issues. So appreciate you being here. Uh, I think it would be helpful for everyone, especially everybody at home, if we just kind of went around the room real quick, and if you can give me just a name and anything that you want to share uh, with the group. Sure. I'm Daniel. Uh, I'm 29 years old. Not a lot to say other than uh, a medical laboratory scientist. That's my age. Oh, wow. I already forgot um, <laughs> everything we were supposed to say for this, James. That's okay. That's quite <laughs> um, all right. That And that's plenty. Just, yeah, name and, and uh, age is, is great if uh, you want to start out like that. D'Angelo, and I am 37. People are really usually surprised when they find out that I'm not married or don't have any kids or anything like like uh, that. So yeah, you know, that's, oh, that's we'll, where I stand. We'll dig into that today. <laughs> yeah, that's it's a compliment. <laughs> Excellent. And our final contestant. Hi guys, my name's Jesse. I am married. My wife and I have been married for seven years. My wife Ginny and I have five kids, uh, six. Almost five, four, two, and then uh, two week old. So 
Um, just been very busy at home the past few weeks, and I'm not going to complain about a lack of sleep because my wife is <laughs> she's beat me in that category. But um, yeah, very very fortunate to be here today. Well, appreciate it, guys. Uh, again, the goal for these conversations is uh, that our primarily we're doing for our St. Marcus community. Uh, that guys in the congregation can benefit from this, guys and women. Um, but uh, we have a lot of people that have engaged in this kind of content. And these are just the types of transparent conversations that I think the Christian church needs to be having and kind of leading on. Because again, we're getting our information from lots of different places, but we want to be getting it from the Bible and spiritual leaders amongst us. So with that, I want to start out by talking about the first issue. Uh, we're going to address about five or six of them today, and that's pride and like competition. And probably directly related to that is ego. And, you know, it's one of those interesting things that I've told people in premarital counseling all the time. We talk about wiring, a little bit of different wiring between men and women. If I asked 100 women in our congregation on any given weekend, how's it going? Simple question like that. I can guarantee 70 or 80 or more will tell me something about the relationships in their life. So how their kids are doing in school, recent family vacation, health, something like that. If I ask that exact same question, how's it going to a hundred guys in the congregation, they, they love their families. They love their kids. They love... But I can nearly guarantee 70, 80 or more of them will tell me about something they're doing in their life. So they'll tell me about uh, their work. They'll tell me about a hunting trip or a fantasy football team or something like that, something they're, they're doing. And to me, that's almost indicative of, remember when God created Adam and Eve, he, he bakes them with different ingredients. So he takes Adam right out of the dust of the earth, and then he creates Eve from the side of Adam. And so they have different ingredients to begin with. And then after they fall into sin and he announces the consequences of sin, he announces to Eve, okay, there's going to be pain in childbearing and there's going to be some struggles with your husband's leadership. Uh, so in other words, it's going to be some kind of way you're going to feel the fallenness of the world is the relational dissolution, relational struggles, your closest relationships. But to Adam, Adam has just as much relationship problem. Uh, as Eve will have. Men will have just as much relationship problems as men, women will have. But to Adam, he says, okay, there's going to be thorns and thistles in the field. And by the sweat of your brow, you will toil all the days of your life. And it's like, okay, where Adam is going to experience the deepest sense of fallenness in the world is actually going to be in his work. That's the place where he's going to be tempted to derive most of his uh, identity that's the place where he's going to compare himself with other people, not in his relationships, but in what he does. And so I guess I just want to start there. To what extent, like for you personally, or uh, do you think with guys in general, is issues like ego, pride, competitiveness, that sort of thing, do you think that's a real difference between men and women? Yes, I definitely think, think it is. Because um, listening to you talk, I'm like, thinking of myself in the mirror, like, man, you know, okay, that's really me, you know, yeah. as far as like work and cause I am a bit of a workaholic now that I see it from other people's, you know, like yeah. uh, view, yeah. you know, as far as, um, I like working on cars, you know, I've, I was a certified automotive tech yeah, and you know what I'm saying? So I take pride in my work. Yep. And I um, have carpentry skills also. I'm currently doing a uh, makeover on my rental property and I'm doing that by myself, you know? So it's like, that's why yeah. I identify also, like that's yeah. what I'm doing. And then I have a regular job also where I do uh, injection molding. Okay. So 
you know, to me, it's like, okay, what hat am I putting on for what hour of the day? You know, and it's, that's how I keep it going. Tell me, do you feel like you have to do that? Or why do you push yourself that hard with work? Is it like, do you feel like you're not a man if you don't work like that? No, not necessarily as much, but there is an extent where it's like, okay, as a man, you should have to work this much. Mm. But I feel like as much as I work, a lot of my work comes from, um, I mean, to be honest, it's hurt from previous relationships. And I'm just like, you know, a lot of me is not interested in our relationships. Yeah. So I'll spend that time working, you know, to take my mind off of it or I'll do some other stuff. Yeah. That's super interesting too, because guys, I think if, if it's true that guys are wired for like working the dust of the earth, I think guys, uh, I hear this from a lot of husbands and, and even in like counseling that it feels more natural to put another 20 hours in at work than it does to go home and talk to my wife or talk to my kids. Like that feels vulnerable and I don't feel very good at it. And so like, you know, workaholism is one of those things that I think all the other addictions that we might address today will get you fired. Workaholism is the one addiction that'll get you a bigger paycheck, will get you promotions, will get you a pat on the back. And I think it like it's a system that feeds itself kind of thing. So appreciate uh, that input. Daniel or Jesse, any thoughts on those? As far as it goes, I'm kind of the complete opposite where I'm one of those people that I'm more relationship built yeah. than uh, job built. So I'm not the best guy for this category. <laughs> That's okay. But, yeah, I can definitely, um, you know, understand what a lot of what D'Angelo is saying. I've always found for me growing up, um, whenever I faced any sort of uh, real competition or adversity, I tended to run away from it. Mm -hmm. So I, I had a, a bit of a more passive aggressive approach where if I couldn't do something perfectly, then I didn't want anything to do with it. And I've found that that can be um, very frustrating because similar to you, D'Angelo, I, I do a lot of work with my hands. I mean, I like to do a lot of leather work in my spare time. And there are projects that I've gotten 99% of the way through and then hit a roadblock and I just put it away, give up, and I won't come back to it for months on end. And so for me, that's a struggle that I need to, you know, maybe in a sense, go at it with a little bit more, not aggression, but um, not be afraid to shy away from that adversity. So in the grand scheme of like competitiveness, if you played sports or did any anything that where it could get competitive like that, or even just playing, you know, it could be something like board games. But to me, in my head, I think of the dad at a like high school basketball game who is standing up and berating a ref because he doesn't like a call. And it's like, man, like, I need you to chill out just a little bit because he's maybe living vicariously through a son or daughter or maybe whatever, but he's so hyper competitive. Like, I see more dads doing that than moms, I guess, is what I'm saying. And uh, a level of competition and a level of, like, striving to succeed is healthy. And work is, it's one of those things, work is healthy, but workaholism, not healthy uh, because it's finding your identity in what you do, not in who you are in Christ. Uh, competitiveness uh, is good because it can drive you. But like when it's to the point where it's like, I find my value based on how I do against other people, uh, you know, that can be an issue too. Was competitiveness in like sports, anything or any other arena of life a thing for you guys? I don't think when I was younger, yes, it was competitive. Yeah. But uh, as I got older, I was like, okay, I'm not, you know, I don't, I just, me personally haven't had so much of a competitive spirit as much as enjoying what I'm doing while I'm doing it and just focused on it myself. Like, you know, if I'm 
building a project or working on something. I'm not, you know, look looking at the next yeah. guy like I gotta do it better than him. You know, it's yeah. like I've matured to the point where I'm like, hey, this is what I enjoy doing. I love doing this, you know. The Lord is good, and I'm just doing my work and my thoughts with my walk with Jesus. Is there any aspect of life that you feel tempted to compare with others? And if it's the comparison is like not great, you feel crippled by? Because I think that would be different between men and women too, potentially. Yeah, I, I think comparing is a huge issue for me. And I've found that I've compared myself just as I've gone through various stages of my life. and. Um, so going back to competition, I mean, when I was in high school, I had two cousins the same age as me, and we were all on the same basketball team and having that direct competition. So then as we go through the season, you know, when we get together at Thanksgiving, you know, it was talking about who's starting, who's getting more playing time. And that definitely spurred a lot of competition, whether it was healthy or not, maybe that's another issue. But I guess I found that that was, you know, it, it definitely put me up against that temptation to put my identity based off of being a basketball player yeah. or now, you know, as a father, you know, looking at other dads, you know, their kids crying in church like mine are <laughs> am I the only one, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. Looking at the Bible, this is so similar going with comparisons with Saul to David, where Saul's relationship with David at first, it was amazing. He brought him in. Um, he gave David this huge position. He, he welcomed him pretty much into the family. And then soon he starts comparing him to it. And it just, it derails the whole friendship. It tears yeah. apart the nation pretty much. Yeah, that's a, that's a great example. My One of my favorite lines in the Bible that is indicative of male ego issues is when the women, after David's victory over Goliath, the women of the city come in and start singing, Saul has killed uh, his thousands, but David slain his tens of thousands. And immediately Saul like starts hanging over and gets depressed. And we're told he's almost like demonized with this pride at that point. And that's exactly it. Like my pride, like I'm okay with whatever. It, doing my job is one thing. But when I start comparing myself to the I look at the house of the next guy or the well-being, like the family of the next guy or the uh, job of the next guy or the salary of the next guy, uh, like that competitive spirit. If I put my identity in that, it like I just feel uh, nuts to the point that you can be the king of Israel and still feel like you're nothing because the, somebody else is getting praised. Right. One more thing about yeah. that. That's also something that I've noticed when I've grown out of it. That's something that I've had to read scriptures for and i didn't necessarily intentionally say like okay i'm going to try to get out of my competitive spirit reading yeah. scriptures but that's something that over time just is revealed just reading scriptures the spirit you know? has worked in you so i feel like at a time when i wasn't reading scriptures so much that's definitely a a spirit that'll you know yeah. have control over you or that'll dominate in you Oh, I love that. Uh, I love the idea that, so when people read the Bible only to address a certain issue, it's like telling God, here's what I need you to do for me. Versus if you just kind of submit to the Bible and say like, okay, spirit, operate on my heart however you want. Uh, he works out the stuff that you don't even realize are that big of issues. And so if there is an issue, no one, no one goes to the Bible and says, I have big pride. I need to reduce my pride. But like if you study the Bible, you do have an issue of pride and it'll get reduced uh, as time goes on. That's yeah, it's really helpful. Um, I, I want to move on to a topic that is one that 
you know, whenever whenever I introduced this idea of doing uh, temptations and struggles unique to men and women, uh, when we had like a production team meeting about it, uh, I said, okay, so I want I want to do this series on unique temptations. Uh, some other people were like, so are we gonna we're gonna talk about sex? Is the whole thing about sex? And I was like, okay, is this the is this the the thing? And it's like it certainly is a thing. And I think we would be remiss to not discuss it here today. And I think. Uh, specifically with men, uh, one area that we could go that's that's unique in this generation. So like unique in 20, 25 years uh, is the topic of things like pornography. And I think it's radically shaping almost everything in the relational world today. I was just reading an article not that long ago that said, uh, so uh, Hugh Hefner, the founder of Playboy, the article was about us living in a post-Playboy climate. In other words, the things that were so extraordinarily controversial sexually 50 years ago, uh, I think in 1953 was the first publication, is now getting put out of business because there's so many other sexual, like just the idea of just still pictures uh, in a periodical is not enough uh, at this point that it's getting put out of business now. In the article, one of the things they mentioned that was that porn websites receive more traffic than Twitter, Instagram, Netflix, Pinterest, and LinkedIn all combined. And what it's created is it, it's created a point where we have uh, different perceptions of sexuality, what's permissible, what's not permissible. Uh, it's certainly delayed things like commitment in relationships. Um, and because if I can get some kind of sexual satisfaction other than a committed husband-wife relationship, uh, why do I make that full sacrifice and commitment? Uh, it's certainly affected interesting things like sexual health. So uh, even things like uh, medications for uh, male sexual health and energy have become a new business in the 21st century. They didn't exist before uh, because there wasn't as much of an issue before. And there wasn't as much of an issue before because things like testosterone weren't getting depleted through stuff like pornography. And yet it is, to my understanding, to my knowledge, and just in my experience, I would say pornography and sex-related stuff, 10 to 1 for guys that I have in counseling. It's 10 to 1 that versus everything else combined. And uh, so I think it's one of those things that just needs to get talked about uh, to some extent. And, uh, you know, I think as Christian men, what are your uh, reactions to that? What is your, I mean, you don't have to share any more than you're comfortable with or any more than you want. But uh, as far as like, what was your experience with like friends growing up uh, and them talking about it, exposure to it? Uh, and did you have any positive conversations with role models, parents, anybody about this along the way? Right. So getting into this conversation, I would say I'm probably like you guys where I was introduced to it in middle school. It continued on through middle school, high school, uh, deep into college. And college is when it started getting really bad. That's when I started going to the actual pornographic websites. Yeah. Um, it became... At first, it was like a every month and a half thing. Then suddenly it became every weeks, and then it became every couple of days. Yeah. Um, and for most of it, I was by myself. And uh, yeah. <laughs> one day, uh, one day, my girlfriend at the time saw some notes I had encouraging me to like stick away from it. Yeah. And that led to a talk. She she asked I reach out to a friend. I didn't. About like a year later, I was going through the same thing again. So I, I brought it up to her, and then after a hard conversation. I did that. So uh, that was my first outreach. And honestly, the first person I talked to, great person, it didn't help a whole lot. Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately. Can I ask what was not helpful? 
Yeah, it was. So at the time, the person who I chose to talk to was someone who was a bit removed from my life. He was an old high school friend at this point. We hadn't seen each other much anymore. Um, Amazing person, but he could only get in touch with me so often. And honestly, if you have accountability partner, it needs to be someone who's more present in your life, an actual close friend, someone who's yep. in the inner circle. Yeah. Um, which eventually, praise be to God, <laughs> I uh, found some people to do that. And honestly, the way I figure it is I'm going to have to approach people with this, so I'm just going to do it. And I talked to a person who I barely even knew one day, and he was like, hey, I have the same exact problem too. I'm so glad you brought this up. Yeah. Let's help each other through this. And that... That slowly grew into this huge push forward where all of a sudden I was able to talk to more and more people about it. Yeah. And the more people you talk to, the easier it's going to get to step away from it. Yeah. Okay. So that was that was great. I think it's one of those things where vulnerability begets vulnerability. And once somebody sort of breaks the ice and has the courage to have a conversation about stuff, other people are like, yeah, me too. And uh, it just keeps going like that. And I think for a long time in the Christian church, it was like one of those topics that you just didn't talk about. And yet the thing is like Satan's not going to stop talking about it and he's going to make it more accessible than it's ever been before. So like if you don't talk to your kids uh, about sexuality, if you're not aware of things like pornography uh, where kids are accessing anywhere on the, you know, we're in the, I think we're in the wild west days of the internet right now still like 20 years in, I'm convinced 50 years from now uh, we will have, it will not be nearly as accessible because we'll see the relational damages attached uh, to things like that. Because the science we already have now, 25 years worth of what happens if you put pornography in every home in America and in pretty much every home around the world. And it's not good. Uh, it doesn't do anything for relationship strength. Uh, it does things attached to the statistics out there about uh, like abuse rates are high. Uh, Something like 98% of every individual who has an affair uh, has accessed pornography recently before that. So there's very clearly, when you talk about things like gateway drugs and stuff like that, there's very clearly a correlation, Uh, even if you don't see the behavior itself as wrong, which, you know, according to the Bible, we know lust is wrong. So like we want to deal with the issue in our hearts first, even before we act out. But any other thoughts on on that yeah i mean i i think daniel you did hit it on the head because i've my experience was probably similar to yours where you know it starts out almost as a novelty and you know as a a early teen or a preteen it's almost you know a joke and then it becomes you know it just increases and like anything you know satan doesn't present us you know the most severe most intense temptation he starts out where it's just a piece of fruit yeah and what's the harm in taking a bite and then uh, you know, as time goes on, it becomes more increasing where that appetite needs to be fed. And I think, you know, for me, as I kind of went through that same life cycle, I found that, you know, it, like you said, you need someone that you can uh, open up to, someone that is dependable, who also loves the Lord. And I think like, you know, now being a married man, uh, it's like any any good relationship, it starts with communication. And And if you're not communicating those struggles and weaknesses, then you're only feeding into that more. And so I've found that, you know, it it starts with that communication, but it starts with communication with God. And if I'm not taking it in prayer to God, then I know I'm not going to see any results. Certainly I've found that, you know, there there are days where I will 
pray about it and maybe it's not a sincere prayer. Um, so I, it, it really is that contrition and, you know, growing up in a, a Lutheran church, I think I got in the habit of just every day acknowledging my sin, but maybe not actually acknowledging it and, and yeah. feeling that contrition and understanding that like Psalm 51 says, when we sin, we sin primarily against God. And so um, I think when I look at it in that gravity, that helps me. I mean, fortunately, I don't have any social media, so I don't really, I guess, have that that outlet. Although, you know, having the internet, you know, that's always a temptation. But um, I would strongly recommend to any man and to anyone that's going to watch this, uh, getting the book Point Man. Um, the author in that book lays out very radical steps to eradicating sexual temptation. And uh, like any grown temptation i think it requires radical steps to get rid of it and yeah. one story um in this book that he talks about is uh he's at a hotel room and this is you know earlier or years ago when hotel rooms were set up a little bit a little bit differently and he had the people in the hotel remove the tv from his room and they're like well you know it's bolted to the, <laughs> to the dresser it's not that easy but ultimately they accommodated him and you know, you read that and I'm reading the book. I'm like, that's so weird. But, yeah. you know, that's what it takes, you know, for us as men, as followers of the light, like we have to take radical steps to get rid of that sin and to carve it out of our lives. I'm still shocked that when you, uh, you just said that, like, um, that porn sites receive more traffic than any name of social media sites. Yeah. Me personally, I thank the Lord that I've never struggled with porn or it's something that is, I mean, it just, yeah. I don't know, it, it just doesn't move me like that, you know. Yeah. I mean, I remember I must have been in about sixth or seventh grade the first time I saw when I was at a friend's house. Yep. And uh, he was like, oh, you know, let's go over uh, my friend's house and stuff. So we rode our bikes over there and we got there and it was an older guy. Like, you know, he could be like, you know, my grandfather's age. Yeah. yeah. And um, he would let him look at, dirty magazines yep and yep. so he brought me over there and i'm you know i'm still just like you know i, I, I don't know it's, it's just never moved me really yeah. you know what i mean you know i guess i'm thankful for it and and when i think about how much i'm on instagram and yeah. facebook and pornhub receives more traffic than all, all yeah. of that i'm like well wow it's uh yeah it's uh there, there's all sorts of interesting statistics out there i do remember reading one that said that Porn revenue brought in more than the, it was, it, this was a number of years ago, so it might be an old statistic, but the NBA, the NFL, and Major League Baseball combined. Uh, so it's like, and that's on top of uh, something like 80% of porn sites being uh, virtually free. So, but they, those companies do that and they release that because it's, it's like, it's like uh, a drug dealer offering the, you know, the, the, you know, bag up front. And saying like, because if you get them hooked, like then it becomes an addictive cycle of stuff. The experience that you mentioned going over to a friend's and seeing something, it's interesting. Even in my ministry, I've heard a shift in guys' stories because I've uh, been asking guys these questions now for almost 15 years and doing like male mentoring stuff. And early on in my ministry, it was uh, stumbling upon dad's or grandpa's magazine collection. And that has shifted to... Uh, going over to a friend's house and seeing something online, and even yet still today, finding something like being at school and being on a computer, that kind of thing. And it's like, what's interesting to me in the grand flow of that is the accessibility has gotten ratcheted up so that it's just everywhere. Like, and even even now, like, so before 2010, you didn't have everybody with a cell phone, everybody with a, or a smartphone, excuse me. And uh, now 
it's like smartphone access is even more than computer access. And I remember the, I don't know if you guys ever saw the, I think it was a Kirk Cameron movie, uh, Fireproof years ago. And it was like, I remember a video of him. He took his computer outside and like beat it with a baseball bat <laughs> and his neighbor saw him and thought he was insane. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like what you were saying, Jesse, though, like that, those radical changes, it's like, we need to, Christians need to start looking more insane to the rest of the world because this is just something we can't, like, this is where we need to be different. You know, uh, our, our relationship, uh, approaches, our approach to human sexuality, et cetera, uh, not just for verbal positions that we stand on, but in lifestyle sacrifices that we make, you know, I think that tells as much as anything. Oh, I was just going to say, Jesse, going off of what you said, too, I appreciate that so much. Like for me, the final steps that I had to take to I, I've been away from porn and masturbation for almost four years now. And the final steps, it did have to be uh, radical moves for me. Yeah. It was I had an amazing roommate and I bought a lockbox mm -hmm. and once a week I'd put or I'd keep my phone in there. And once a week, he was allowed to like unlock it. And then I check my phone and I put it back in there after like a minute. And I did that also with my computer battery. So I couldn't get on my laptop. I had to re I had to get rid of all those old habits and start just building up good habits from, yeah. from the ground up. And I still don't have internet in my apartment. I know I I could maybe handle it now, but yeah. I'm still like wary. So it's yeah. it's baby steps. But every once in a while, when I see a, a dude with a flip phone, I want to give him a high five because <laughs> yeah. I know exactly what he's doing at that point. I feel like, oh, sorry. Yeah. No, I I just um, you know as we talk about this, I think I've come to realize now as a father, and especially as a father of three daughters, that you know sex and pornography that's kind of the surface level. And as I I I will hear these stories from my wife every once in a while of mothers with their small girls at rest stops and things like that, or even at targets and they'll have their children abducted right from under their noses. And, you know, it's, it's all coming back to this sex trafficking world that operates right under our noses that in a sense terrifies me because it all starts with, you know, like you said, pastor, these gateway drugs yep. of porn. Yep. And it's uh, it's terrifying. And, you know, for me, that's been a very sobering reminder. Just, you know, it, it's horrible to even think of my little girls being victimized in that way. And yet that's that's really what's at stake here. So, yep. you know, for us as Christian men, you know, I guess the, the nice and maybe not so nice way to say it is we just need to get over ourselves. And like Job said, we need to train our eyes to not look lustfully at a woman. Yeah. Totally. St cutting it off at the, like, right from the eye, uh, taking radical steps, uh, b not being afraid to look different from the world. Uh, all of that is uh, helpful. Appreciate you guys um, sharing that. And yeah, it's just for, for resources for people at home who might be looking for us, feel free to reach out to us. Uh, we're happy to uh, share some of those resources or be human resources. But I would also mention Covenant Eyes. Uh, is a helpful tool for internet filtering and uh, that kind of software, uh, relatively inexpensive, really easy to use. Also, I'd recommend the Fortify program, which is like a porn addiction recovery tool. Uh, but one of the things, one of their, uh, as you're talking about things like even trafficking, uh, one of the things that they highlight is the fact that there would be no trafficking if there wasn't a porn industry. Like it all kind of feeds on itself. 
uh, like if you can stop the demand, people are looking to create a supply because there's a demand out there. But if you can somehow reduce the demand, that reduces the seeking of a supply. So it all kind of feeds off of each other. You have been listening to Scripture Over Social Media. We hope you learned something new and are growing to appreciate all of the unique dimensions that make up God's family. There are many ways that you can support this new ministry, and I want to make sure you know where to look and what to do. The easiest way to support is by subscribing to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts, whether that be Apple, Google, Spotify, pretty much anywhere else. We should be there. Simply search for Scripture over social media. Also, be sure to follow us wherever you like to stay digitally connected. Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. Search for Scripture over social media. There you will see the behind the scene posts, photos, stories about each topic that we dive into. If you're enjoying the episodes we share, these are the perfect places to let us know. Simply like, comment, save, share with a friend, and don't forget to hit the follow or subscribe button so you can't miss what's coming up next. You can also give to our home church, St. Marcus Lutheran, so we can continue to produce this podcast. To make an online donation, simply go to tinyurl.com slash St. Marcus Give. Again, that's tinyurl.com slash St. Marcus Give. Make sure you put in the donation notes that you'd like to give to this podcast. And last but not least, your prayers are always appreciated for our efforts. We are looking forward to sharing our next episode of Scripture Over Social Media with you. Thank you so much and God bless.